You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about nick drake five leaves left in the room i have rob Mm -hmm. ben Mm -hmm. and john Mm -hmm. five leaves left it's a debut studio album by english folk musician nick drake released in july 3rd 1969 on island records the producer was joe boyd and the genre is folk and from all music review ned raggett it's little wonder why nick drake felt frustrated at the lack of commercial success his music initially garnered considering the help he had on his debut record. Besides the fine production from Joe Boyd and assistance from folks at like Fairport Convention's Richard Thompson and his unrelated bass counterpoint from Pentangle, Danny Thompson, Drake also recruited school friend Robert Kirby to create most of the just right string and wind arrangements. His own performance itself steered a careful balance between too easy accessibility and maudlin self-reflection combining the best of both worlds while avoiding the pitfalls on either side the result was a fantastic debut appearance and if the cult of drake consistently reads more into his work than is perhaps deserved five leaves less is still a mostly successful effort his lyrics capture a subtle poetry of emotion while his singing is soft articulate and sometimes haunting The album was poorly marketed and supported and received little radio play outside shows by more progressive BBC DJs such as John Peel and Bob Harris, but gained notoriety as an influencer to singer-songwriters beginning in the mid-80s. What'd you guys think of Five Leaves Left? Actually, who hadn't heard this before? Me. I'm me, me, everyone. No, so none of us have... None of us us have heard it before except for you, Birch. Awesome. I got this record in... I have no idea in college and it like blew me away because I remember hearing it possibly in a movie. There was a track maybe. I remember hearing pink moon in a Volkswagen commercial Mm. when I was in early college and I went out and got that one, but that's the only one I'd ever heard. I hadn't, I'd never heard this one. Yeah. I had, I think I had heard the first song time. Time has told me. Yeah. Time has told me. And I thought it was so cool and, went out and bought the album and I was just like, wow, this is really cool. It is really Amazing. cool. It is really cool. Yeah. I, I, I was familiar with Nick Drake, so I kind of knew what I was getting into and it, it didn't disappoint it. Like Nick Drake has the sound. It sounds like this. And if you like this sound, you won't be disappointed. Uh, I, I was actually curious. You say it didn't get radio play because it was poorly marketed. I was wondering if it had, it was poorly that- reviewed too. 
people just they said it didn't have enough variety and it had a very uh it's very low key it's it's not so, commercially friendly yeah there's I was no what there's would no have courses. been the single no, if it yeah. ha- if it had been well received by the radio what song would they have led with I don't know. It kind of like it. It's it's not a singles album. Yeah, it's the thoughts kind of, of Mary a, Jane was the most pop, pop pop friendly one, and I didn't. That's the one I least liked. Yeah, I wrote that. I don't think that it needs the Hollywood strings. Like yeah. it, it sounded like a movie soundtrack with like the saccharine strings, and I thought the song was pretty without that. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about the str- strings overall, though, in the album? Overall, it didn't bother me. It was like, and it and it. And it potentially elevated the music but that song i in particular i thought it was distracting i didn't i never realized where he got the title for the album mm-hmm. and i thought that was cool like rizla cigarette papers when you get near the bottom of the pack one of the it's printed on one of them uh only five leaves left and it's a cool title for an album because it's got layers <laughs> you know mm-hmm. because like it's an in, it's an inside joke to those who roll their own cigarettes or roll their own whatever but if you don't catch that reference, it's still a poetic title, you know, because yeah. you think it's talking about, you know, a, a tree in late fall. Yeah. Also worth noting, he died five years later. Yeah. Are leaves years? Ah, <laughs> <sighs> makes you think. It makes you think, man. <laughs> Especially if you're rolling those Rizla papers. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What do you think, John? Yeah, I'm- I didn't find anything on the album that offended me mm-hmm. in any way. I didn't think anything about it that was in any way bad. But the sentiment that I had while I was listening to it was that I'm not at the right place in my life or or emotional state to say that this is music I would want to listen to. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's all very good. His finger picking is great. Um, you know, there's some choices on some of the songs, like Ben said, you know, that were maybe personal choices that we didn't think were good. You know, I think some of the, um, sort of Tabla-esque drumming on some of the songs is distracting. Um, but I just don't know when I would put this album on unless something bad had happened in my life. (laughs) I mean, and, and bad things have happened in my life, but... You know, it would have to be at that moment that I'd want to hear this. I don't. I don't generally put on music to reflect about it's been sad a while things in my since past. You've right. been a moody teen. Exactly. I haven't. Like, if I were, if I were me at 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 eighteen or twenty one, you know, when I'm going through a lot of different changes, you know, and and not listening to, you know, Elliot Smith or listening to you know something else that would put you there, this would be a great album, um, and it is a great album. It's just, it's an album. Well, what I said to my wife was. You've got to be in a mood, a particular mood, to listen to this album, and I hope I'm never in this mood. But it's, but it's excellent music. It's, it's very. The poetry is good. The lyricism is good. The playing is nice. Uh, the overall production is good. It's just not something I would put on. Mm-hmm. Did you guys actually put on music when you were sad? That was sad when you were in high school. Was that was that a yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah absolutely or or I mean. I must have put it on. It wouldn't have been just happenstance because it definitely was something I was... I think I've put on music for moods. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You didn't right. put on music to match the mood you were in? Well, I never listened to music like this ever. So, like, I, I guess there, my feelings, which would be <laughs> reflected like this, were just put towards something else that I had in my 
car or like a, uh, I, I would have been listening to uh, Hysteria or Pyromania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would yeah. you, would it, well, here's the. Would you put on like if you had the type of day, like I don't want to like I don't want to pigeonhole it in like a like a breakup day. No, like, I, 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 I. If don't you're know. having the type of day where you're just kind of feeling like solitary and wistful for yeah, some reason, Pulp was my fucking okay. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. that was my my thing. All right, yeah. Um, I I liked this record quite a bit. Um, I had never heard of Nick Drake or heard any of his songs, but yeah, I mean it, it, it's melancholy and, and pretty, and mm-hmm. like vocal deliveries sounds a lot like Nico to me. Um, That's interesting. I, but, I don't hear that at all. Yeah, and uh, I hear more of a what would be com- like a Cat Stevens. I mean, there's there's a lot of artists that have. A, a, I think we're inspired to do mm-hmm. similar vocal deliveries, but I don't get the Nico. Get, Other than the being mood. kind of a it's yeah, the mood. mood. Yeah, and Absolutely. I mean, but it, and his vocals—they're not flat, but they are kind of—they have that little oh, English, monotone, that English so, inflection yeah, a yeah, little bit. Like, I mean, yeah. Nico I has whatever that. her accent is, but German. Or, yeah, but yeah, there's Death a little German, I believe. Right? Yeah, def, yeah, it's it's <laughs> German as observed by those of, that are hearing impaired. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's Nico's is a unique one, but his his does have a little. Little, little, little inflective. I, I yeah, could, I could hear that now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I thought uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. By this yeah. Record. I I also when I think about this, you were talking about putting on music that it would fit a mood or something like that. I also feel like this m- music fits in with a more classical. Uh, how how I think about classical music, so you wouldn't necessarily put on, you know, like a. Like a requiem, like a a classical requiem <laughs> or something like requiem that. Every time my feelings are exactly <laughs> very loud. <laughs> but I I do appreciate listening to classical music, and this is is similar to that. Also, Leonard Cohen. The mm-hmm. like I identify with Leonard Cohen, and this is actually this might I don't know if this is more upbeat than Leonard Cohen. Maybe some songs, some songs aren't. Depends on if you're listening to songs of love and hate or this yeah. or like his original folk stuff. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I probably put this on when I was bummed out. I, it's, a, it's a nice too. You said, you know, rainy day, mm-hmm. cup of tea or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah, if you're just feeling fire. wistful or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like you're, something where you just want to kind of... Any circumstance that ends up with you in a blanket. Yeah. Or feeling not like any you're... circumstance <laughs> that ends up with you in a blanket. Not any circumstance that ends up with you in a blanket. Uh, feeling like the... Uh, midday blanket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is it like the da- the the lowest part in a Wes Anderson movie? This is it's Richie Tenenbaum shaving his beard. <laughs> right, which is normally Elliot Smith, it's right? Normally Elliot right, Smith. Right, so yeah. he's swapping out. Yeah. <laughs> Ian McDonald, uh, he said, uh, this album is 
cool and shady amid the celebratory sunshine of the late 60s. And I thought that was cool. Like, so much of what was coming out this year, it's not the summer of love anymore, but it's still very sunny as a disposition on the stuff that you would at least be exposed to on the radio. And, yeah, if there's two words that could describe this album, it's, it is a cool and shady record. And, yeah. and that sound that Nick Drake has is a cultivated sound. He's like, this mm-hmm. is my sound. I don't want to be poppy. That's not who I am. I think there was an anecdote that, you know, he was in an early band in whatever, one of his prep schools, and the guy who later went on to write Lady in Red was rejected from the band <laughs> because he's like, no, that guy's too poppy. <laughs> like, and it's, it's true. He it's, went a good on, song. it's a great song, but it's too poppy. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not this. Yeah. I did find it interesting because Rob's always talking about how he doesn't like uh, using the studio as an instrument. <laughs> and Nick Drake purposely was like, no, nah, we're not doing it that way. We're doing this live. And he was on a stool in the center of the studio. And all those, uh, there's a semicircle of instruments, of those classical instruments, you know, mm-hmm. uh, woodwinds and uh, stringed instruments around him. And they just recorded it live just like that just like coming out and so i think i hear that though when it's they're playing it sounds like a very 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 warm sound it does not sound like a studio cut together now we're going to record yeah now we're we're going to track these but it sounds really good like the the levels and the mixing sound very very good probably because the it's doesn't have a a ton of dynamic range within mm-hmm. uh, how they're playing and how he's playing. The whole thing is it's like a mood, you know? Like the. Yeah. It almost gets into the two of the Indian music that yeah. we listen to, where it has a almost like that yeah. uh, sitar, the raga, where it just has a almost like a droning yeah. Yeah. effect. I mean, he's got a he's got an interesting story a little bit. I mean, he was born in Burma. And then he was born in Burma. Yeah, he was born in Burma. Rangoon, in, Burma. Rang, Rangoon. Rangoon. Where, where the crabs come from? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is now Yangon, but it was Burma. Now it's Myanmar. But yeah, yeah. same place. Crab Yangons. Yeah, yeah. You should call them Crab Yangons now. I'll I'll, I'll let everyone know. <laughs> Good, yeah. Put that out there, Crab Yangon. Um. So yeah, he grew up there, and then you know later in life, uh, he. Traveled to Morocco, smoked a bunch of weed, uh, and so I think that you can you can hear that in the music. <laughs> his Moroccan weed, his influence. Moroccan weed is all and over the tracks. Yangons. Oh, sorry, crab yangons. Crab yangons. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of it's a little heavy. I can say the melancholy sort of like it's uh, thick. It's, yeah, it can it can be a bit thick, but. Well, so that's that was what surprised me is, you know, I'd never heard of him. I guess Rob also had never heard of him. Apparently at the time that he came out, nobody bought his albums. He sold like what, 4,000 or something. Yeah, not great. He what he, he troubled with he 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 had some troubles with mental health issues and was withdrawn at a lot of his um shows and things which didn't help, you know, a music career. Um and later uh committed suicide or or perhaps accidentally took too many antidepressants, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a amitriptyline. Yeah, it's a heavy, heavy one. Which yeah. apparently, if you uh, it, you're not supposed to take that stuff if you're under 
25 because of the risk of uh, suicidal tendencies. Yeah. Well, I mean, out of band? It. Yes. <laughs> well, but it was it was suicidal Just tendencies. Just one Pepsi. On the I mean, he used the drug itself to commit suicide. Effectively, he took like right. 30 of them, which is Kind of an interesting, I mean, not interesting way to he kill yourself. He had a headache. But, right. Just, <laughs> he, he, sounds, just, he wanted to sleep. It's sized yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of that trouble in here. And so, you know, for a person who, you know, created this and disappeared, that's what I was wondering is like, okay, so where did he come back? You know, apparently he sold 2.4 million albums. And I'll, I'll make a brief anecdote. My wife grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and went to Western Michigan University, you know, and I don't generally think of that as, like, being a, a cultural hotspot. And, you know, she hadn't had guacamole till she went to college. You know, just, like, little things. I'm not trying to, you know, shit on her upbringing. It's an amazing place. <laughs> but like it. it sounds like I really am. And, uh, but what I'm saying is, like, she's like, oh, yeah, I know Nick Drake. Didn't you go to college? <laughs> and I was like... Till its stock is in the ground. Some men of fame can never find a way till time has flown far from their dying day. Forgotten one year, remember. Also, somewhere in the '80s, you know, the 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 early goths and stuff were listening to him too. Like, yeah, REM and Robert oh, Smith. Oh, absolutely. And a, yeah, a I lot, didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of those people. They had, um, I think, they had released more albums, but they were citing those as influences. And then I believe I'm trying to uh, check when the actual like reissue reissues mm. came out. But I do remember there being like a kind of a push in the 2000s, uh, maybe even the 90s, where uh, probably later in 90s because vinyl was back or, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it was bigger in uh, 2000s. And when it got reissued on vinyl and people were like kind of eating it up, it's like him and Bob Dylan and all these like yeah. uh, original moody you know, singer songwriters. Yeah, moody singer songwriters. Also, Elliot Smith didn't hurt because I a lot of people who, you know, when you get a... You can draw a direct line. Exactly. Exactly. So when Elliot Smith started blowing up, then people yeah. were like, oh, this is similar to, to Nick Drake. And then everybody was like, who's Nick Drake? And they go back. Actually, yeah. that might be how I originally discovered is Elliot Smith and then traced back. That makes sense. I guess I can't recommend this album enough for anybody who hasn't heard it, especially for a debut, too. This is a strong debut. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, what, 20 or something? 21? Yeah. Young That's... artist, and this he has a fully formed idea about what he's doing. Now, like I said, it's probably a little more subtle. It's a little more laid back and not as not quite as aggressive. In sort of the sort of, uh, what would you say, like folk Bob Dylan poetry, it's understated, I it's guess, very understated. is probably the word I would use. But I would definitely say positive for me. I mean, me too. Me I like too. this record. Yeah. yeah, I'll give it a positive. Everybody unanimous? Yeah. I would say it belongs in the book as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say there are two other Nick Drake albums in this he book. He only had two others, right? Is every Ex Nick Drake album in this book? He's batting 100. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. 1,000. On, well, sorry, <laughs> sorry 1,000, yeah. yeah. 
Good on him. Yeah. Nick Drake, you should have stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes all of your albums. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Right? yeah, it didn't get great reviews when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see what you guys think of the, other, of the other albums once we get to them, but... Um, I've, okay. got a, I've got a tidbit. Yeah, tell oh. me a tidbit. Oh. Tidbit! Drake, tidbit! Uh, the Cure got their name from a lyric in Time Has Told Me, where they say, a troubled cure for a troubled mind. Oh, they're the troubled cure. But they just sort of shortened a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, people get it. It's like, no, nobody got it. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's no, right. Yep. All right, next time we'll be talking about Dusty Springfield, Dusty in Memphis. All right, thanks, y'all. Enough to drive any man